0: Praise God. I'm I'm going to get up. I've got up to to preach slightly earlier this morning because I want to, I really, I I loved what Rachel uh, said right at the start this morning and it really uh, kind of fits in well. I believe God wants to meet with us this morning. Amen. I believe if you're sick in your body this morning, you're in the right place because we're in the presence of the healer. Amen. Amen. Um, If you've got a Bible, you turn with me to the book of um, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9. Oh, Isaiah, sorry, I've been in America too long. I'm not going to say Habakkuk. They, they pronounce things terribly in America, but there you go. Um, Isaiah, chapter nine. Um, I've been uh, doing a, a series of, uh, you know, the past few times I preached on this word, established. Can we say that word together this morning? established it's just such a powerful word that's all the way through the scriptures Um, who knows that in a world that is constantly moving and constantly changing it's so good to know as the body of Christ there are some things that are established and will never change one of those things is God's word Amen. God's word is established. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Amen. Um, God's promises are established. God is a covenant-keeping God. Amen. Um, who our God is and who Jesus is is established. Amen. Amen. Uh, the, the monarch may change, the prime minister may change. Uh, hopefully this one will stick around for, you know, longer than a month um, or maybe not, depending on what, what you feel. But, but I know that our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Who he is will never, ever change. Amen. And God's kingdom is established in heaven, amen? Um, God rules and reigns in the heavenlies and nothing can alter him off course. Nothing can shake his plans, his purposes, his will, his kingdom is established in heaven, amen? Uh, So I love this word. I'm probably gonna turn this series into a book at some point. So uh, there you go, you're getting the preview. You can correct me if I say anything rubbish. That can go out of the book. Um, But... um, You know, I've got one more after this week to do because we've not even looked at Ephesians where Paul talks about being rooted and established in love or whether the Bible talks about that God's peace will be established in our lives. Uh, We need these things more than ever. Amen to the truths of God's word. Um, but last week uh, we kind of I did a bit of a, a kind of a vision talk for here for Kingswood because um, I don't know about you but what is established in heaven I want to see established here on earth amen I want to see the kingdom of God in heaven established here in Kingswood in whole throughout this region and in our nation amen God let your kingdom be established in this place as it is in heaven amen Um, And so uh, we looked last week about how God uh, wants to establish community. And um, We want this more than just to be a bunch of strangers that kind of sit in a seat and see that you, you get to intimately know the back of someone's head. Um, but we want to actually love each other and be family and be community. We want that sense of, of, of unity and family and community to be established in this place, not only among ourselves, but also we want to reach the lost as well. And so we talked about all the things that we're going to be doing uh, to, to reach the lost. God, let your kingdom be established. Amen? Amen. Isaiah chapter 9. Um, will we'll probably someone i 'm sure in december is going to is going to uh, preach or, or mention isaiah chapter nine it 's the the great passage to us a child is born It talks about the people walking in darkness have seen a great light and then it talks about to us a, a child is born to us a son is given uh, the government will be upon his shoulders he will be called wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. And then this is what it says in verse 7 of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Amen. God here tells us, speaking of Jesus and his kingdom, and it tells us there that Jesus's kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom. That God's kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus, is always increasing and it will be established here on earth. Do we believe that this morning? Come on, that is the plan of God, that is the purpose of God, that is the will of God. If we want to know what God's plan is for Kingswood, if we want to know what God's plan is for Hull and for East Yorkshire is this, that Jesus' kingdom would increase and that Jesus' kingdom would be established here on earth in this region as it is in heaven. Amen? This is the promise of God that the nations would come to Jesus and that the knowledge of the glory of God would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Who knows, that's that's the news, right? That's good news. Come on. Good news. I don't know what your kind of theology is on the end times and all that kind of stuff. We can might differ on different things, but I do know this, that Jesus' kingdom is advancing. That Jesus' kingdom will be established and that every knee will bow, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on. So it doesn't matter what they say on the news. It doesn't matter what statistics they kind of throw out the, the church church might be in decline, or people aren't interested in, in God anymore, or that we're, we're now a secular nation, I choose to believe the word of God, which tells me that the kingdom of Jesus is not declining, the kingdom of Jesus is not decreasing, but the kingdom of God is increasing, it will be established that Jesus is building his church, a victorious, overcoming, powerful church, and in the end, Jesus wins, Amen? Amen. Come on, someone. Um, so how do we see the kingdom? How is the kingdom of God? How does the kingdom of God increase? How is the kingdom of God established here on earth? Well, look at, look at the person next to you. Through them. Through them, amen? Amen. Uh, Sometimes we kind of, you know, we kind of have this idea that, you know, maybe one day God will just kind of send like a a glory cloud over all and suddenly kind of, you know, God's kingdom will come and there'll be no more sickness and no more injustice and no more immorality. It doesn't work like that, does it? God establishes his kingdom through me and you. And wherever we go, we help increase the kingdom of God. Wherever we go, we help establish the kingdom of God. And so on on Wednesday nights... um, Jared and Vicky have been leading us in prayer, uh, praying through uh, what some people call the seven mountains of influence, which is uh, basically seven di- the seven main areas of culture in our society. So there's family, there's religion, there's education, there's media, there's entertainment, there's business, and there's government. Who knows, God wants his kingdom to increase in all of those areas. And God wants his kingdom to be established in all of those areas. How does he do it? Through me and through you. So uh, when Rachel's in that school, she is increasing the kingdom of God. She's helping establish the kingdom of God in that place. When is in that hospital, he's increasing, he's establishing the kingdom of God in that place. When Rob, uh, Rob is in his council rooms, chambers, whatever they have. Cham- I was gonna say chambers, that's quite a fancy word, isn't it? He does have chambers, we'll say that. When he's in that council place planning and doing all this stuff, he's increasing and establishing the kingdom of God in local government. When Leone is doing all her stuff all around Europe and around the world, impacting governments and all that kind of stuff, she's helping establish and increase the kingdom of God. God's kingdom increases and and is established through ordinary people like me and you, being salt, and being white. Like and bringing the presence of the king. And the principles of the kingdom. Wherever we go. Amen. Uh, so where there is righteousness. That's the kingdom. Where there is integrity. That's the kingdom. Where there is kindness. Kindness that's the kingdom. If you're married here and you're, you stay together uh, and, and, and your marriage survives, that's the kingdom. If you bring your children up in the ways of God, that is the kingdom. When you, sh- uh, when you minister to the poor, that is the kingdom. When you just tell someone that Jesus loves them, that is the kingdom. Uh, when uh, You know, it might be a hug, it might be a handshake, it might be a kind word. When you speak truth, That is the kingdom. Wherever we go, we help increase and establish the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Amen. Um, uh, But but look at this. It says this. um, At the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. But then look at this. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So what it's saying there is it's not enough just to be present in those places. It's not just enough to be in that office, in that workplace, having that conversation with that neighbor, in that doctor's surgery, in that school, whatever it may be. Actually, there's there's an attitude, there's an anointing that we carry, which says there is the zeal of the Lord Almighty. It's speaking about the fire of God. It's speaking about the passion of God. And it tells us there, what's the source of this zeal? Or who is the source of this zeal? The Lord Almighty. So, in other words, we are so gripped and so consumed with a passion for God, and we are so filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit that when we go into these places, you know, we're not necessarily kind of standing up in that classroom or standing up in that office, kind of speaking in tongues and, you know, laying hands on people, but we are going not in our own strength. Not in our own kind of, uh, our, our own talents or gifts or abilities, but we are going carrying the zeal of the Lord Almighty. We are going carrying the fire and the passion of the Holy Spirit. Friends, we need the Holy Spirit to help bring God's kingdom wherever we go. Who knows, on our own, we're just ordinary people. But what is the thing that sets us apart? The Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. John the Baptist said, I baptize people in water, but there's someone coming after me who is greater than I. When he comes, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. So I want you to imagine the book of Daniel tells us there's a river of fire that flows from the throne of God. Imagine Jesus stood in that river of liquid fire which represents the the zeal of the Lord Almighty. And God wants to come and he wants to baptize you and immerse you in the fire of the Holy Spirit so that the zeal of the Lord Almighty is ignited in your heart. What happens? All the apathy... All that sense of just work as normal, my week as normal, my day as normal, that is burnt away by the fire of God. And suddenly you are gripped and consumed with the zeal of Almighty God. And now suddenly you realize, I have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. God has a plan and a purpose. God wants to use me. God uh, has put me here in this place to be salt, to be light, to bring his kingdom. Suddenly you have a passion for God. You have a passion for the lost. You have a passion for the place where he's put you. Who knows that, that work can just be a thing that you do to get a paycheck at the end of the month. Or... You can be filled with the zeal of Almighty God. And suddenly you recognize, God has called me here. God has put me here. God has planted me here. And suddenly you go with that zeal, with that passion, with that anointing. And who knows, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that changes atmospheres. It's an anointing that pushes back the kingdom of darkness and brings in the kingdom of God. Amen? God makes his um, angels winds, he makes his servants flames of fire. Would you pray, uh, you can just pray right now if you want, but pray this week, God, would you make me a flame of fire this week? God, when I'm chatting to my neighbors, God, when I go into that office, when I go to that workplace, when I'm talking to people in the community, God, would you make me a flame of fire? I wanna carry your presence. I wanna carry your anointing into that place that the kingdom of hell will be pushed back and the kingdom of heaven will be established wherever I go, amen. Can you imagine a hundred flames of fire being sent out of this place into the region this week. Can you imagine the impact if it wasn't just a bunch of people that have done their kind of Sunday morning duty, we've ticked a box, we've worshipped God this week. Can you imagine if we got so... Touched and ignited by the Holy Spirit that a hundred flames of fire went out into our schools, went into, out into our offices, our doctor's surgeries, our hospitals. Um, a hundred flames of fire were having conversations this week with people that don't know Jesus. That to me sounds like the kingdom coming. That sounds to me like the kingdom of God being increased and advancing. Can you say amen? Now, um, if we flick over a couple of pages to Isaiah chapter two. Now think about these kind of seven mountains that we've been kind of looking at, government and education and, uh, and all these kind of things. But look at this, this is a promise from God in Isaiah two verse two. In the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. Many people, peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Amen? So God wants his kingdom to be established in every area of culture and society. Amen? But nevertheless, we can't group the church of Jesus Christ in with just any other organization. Because the church is the body of Christ, it's the bride of Christ and it says here in Isaiah that in the last days, God's house, God's mountain will be lifted up above every other mountain and the nations will run to it, amen? I believe that, in, that, that we're gonna live in a day and I believe, you know, people that are sat here, we, we, will, we will see this, that there will come a day when the church of Jesus will be lifted up to a place where it is exalted above every other mountain and people will run to the house of God because they know that they can only find what they need in the house of God and they can't find it in any other area of society. Amen? you know you know can you imagine you know and in fact it doesn't take much imagination you know for people to say you know what you, we can't trust the government we can't rely on the government but we know that the answers to our needs are found in the house of God yes. the answer to our economic need is found in the house of God. The answer to my marriage being in trouble is in the house of God. The, the answer to this depression is not found in counseling but it's found in the house of God. You know what uh, You know m- my kids are in such a mess and the school, the teachers don't have the answer but I'm going to come to the house of God because I know that in that place that they've got the answer. Can you imagine you know and this has happened in revivals before when the local hospitals have actually brought the sick to church because they thought you know what actually the church has a better success rate of treating that incurable cancer of dealing with that situation than the world does you know can you imagine living in that day when the house of God is lifted up above every other mountain um Government doesn't know what to do. The NHS, as much as we love them, doesn't always have the answers. Our teachers, as much as we love them, don't always have the solutions. But in the house of God, it says the word of God will go out from that place. Uh, You know, we want to pray that here on Kingswood, this place, people will know, you come to this place, the word of God is in this place. The answer to my marriage, the answer to my uh, financial needs, the answer to, to my brokenness, the answer to my kids, it's found in this place. I think, was it, Leone, did you talk about being those first responders? Um, you know, that people run into the house of God because they know the word of God and the presence of God is here in this place. Amen? Amen. Um, so, so following on from that, just in Ezekiel, Chapter 37, uh, this is the, 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 obviously the famous chapter whenever anyone turns to Ezekiel 37, it's the, the valley of dry bones. But, uh, but going on from that in verse 26 to 28, let this just kind of really uh, grip in your heart this morning. It says, um, God says, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an ever, everlasting covenant. I will establish them and increase their numbers, and I will put my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Then the nations will know that I, the Lord, make Israel holy, and that my, when my sanctuary is among them forever. Amen? This is the desire and the longing in my heart that God would dwell among us, that the presence of God will be established in our midst. God says there will be a day when I will establish my sanctuary among my people and I will dwell in the presence of my people. Does anyone else? Does anyone else get their heart stirred by that? Yeah. Does anyone else moved by that and long for that? If you are, you're in the right place. You know, I love what, you know, Rachel was talking right at the beginning. You know, as a people, as a church, we love the presence of God. And I know we've experienced times of refreshing, times when God has moved among us. I believe, God, we want it to go even deeper. God, we want not just a season, not just kind of a few weeks where we have great services, but God, would your dwelling place be among us? God, would you establish your sanctuary among us? And it says there in the last verse, then the nations will know that I, the Lord, will make Israel holy, when my sanctuary is among them forever. How will the world know? How will the world come? How will the world world turn when God establishes a dwelling place among his people, amen? Isn't that what Moses said? How, How else will we be set apart from all the other nations unless we have your presence? You know what, I don't know what people are doing in Kingswood this morning, but we've got 100 people this morning. Can you imagine how privileged we are? We're in the presence of God. Come on, that's better than you know walking the dog, isn't it? We get to be in the presence of Almighty God. God, thank you, Jesus, that we can be in your presence. And it's this presence that sets us apart. It's in this presence that people can be healed. It's in this presence that lives can be transformed. God, establish your dwelling place in our midst. Uh, The apostle Paul talks about this in one of his letters where he says, imagine an unbeliever comes in and everyone's prophesying and and the Holy Spirit's moving and the gifts are in operation. He says that that sinner... You know, they, can't, they won't run away thinking you're a bunch of weirdos. He said, they'll fall on their faces and say, God is among you. And that's what we want more than anything else. Amen. We talked last week about, you know, we're uh, relaunching uh, Little Angels in a couple of weeks. Um, we're looking at doing uh, kind of coffee mornings and youth work and opening this up to the community. There's going to be all kinds of activities that go on seven days a week in this place. But we can be so tempted to just be a house of activity and and kind of think we're doing a good job because we're doing all this stuff that we forget the most important thing is that we're a house of glory, that we're a house of presence. Because without the presence of God, you know, not, you know, nothing else will matter. and I know that some of you, you might only come into this building on a Sunday, um, but can you just pray that this place will be so saturated with the presence of God. There could be, you know, a 50th birthday party on Saturday night and they just walk in and there's something different in this place. You know, there, there could be, a, you, know, a, you know, a Slimming World group on a Wednesday morning or whatever, but they walk into this place, there's something different in this place because the presence of God is here, Uh, Jesus is the one who walks among the lampstands, amen, being the church, we want Jesus to walk among us, amen, Jesus said where two or three gather together, I'm in the midst, amen, not, no offense to those who are at the back, not on the back, not out in the car park, not in a corner, I'll be right in the middle, I'll be right in the center, you know, when I was in America a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, everyone wanted to know, um, you know, oh, what's it been like with the queen dying? Um, so, um, I said, well, it's very sad. And, you know, we all mourned and all that kind of thing. And and they said, um, well, what's the new king like? And so I said, well, it seems to be okay as far as I know. And then they said, well, well what difference has it made? And I kind of, Thought and paused for a moment, and I was like, Well, it hadn't really, you know. It's you know, what time King Charles woke up this morning, what he had for his breakfast, you know, what he's wearing today, where he's going today who knows? It makes no difference to my life whatsoever, makes no difference to my family, my children whatsoever. But when the King of Kings moves, when he's at work. It changes everything. A natural king, he can go about his business and you know, certainly in our, our 21st century, makes no difference whatsoever. But when King Jesus moves, everything changes. When King Jesus is in the midst of our church, in the midst of our homes, in the midst of our families, everything changes. Um, we wanna pray, Jesus, would you be in the midst? Jesus, would you be in the center, amen? just want to look um, quickly just at one passage of, it's in the New Testament in John, John chapter 20. I was kind of praying, God, what would it look like for Jesus to turn up? What would it look like for Jesus to be in the midst? And, you know, there's so many, obviously, stories, but we could have been here all day. But I just wanted to touch on this one because this is the, the resurrected Jesus in John chapter 20. It says in verse 9, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus, the resurrected, glorified Jesus, appears to them in their In fact, we sung it the very first song, didn't we? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. We want to see you. Because who knows? He's here. Amen? Two things we need for God's, for, for a dwelling place to be established in this place. Number one, we need a sense of expectancy and a hunger and a desire and a longing for him to turn up. Amen? Every time we gather, it should be, we're here to gather with him. With the Lord, he's the reason that we gather, amen? But the second thing is an awareness because he is in our midst. Remember Jacob, the Lord was in this place. <coughs> I wasn't even aware of it, amen? Um, Paul says, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil's removed. There they are face to face. Sometimes we can be looking at all kinds of different things. Our focus can be all wrong. But when we look at Jesus, the veil's removed and we find that we are in the presence and the glory of Almighty God, amen. What happens here when Jesus turns up? Well, it says that those locked doors, they were no barrier to Jesus. They'd locked the doors, but Jesus just walked right through. Who knows that he is a miracle worker. When Jesus turned up, miracles take place. Sick bodies are healed. The captives are set free. There is freedom in his presence. There is healing in his presence. There are miracles in his presence. God, let this place be a house of miracles, a house where impossible things take place, where you make a way where there seems to be no way. Then he spoke to them, peace. You know, when Jesus is in the midst, when he speaks, Fear vanishes and the perfect peace of God. Look, you know, I love, you know, counseling and doctors and nurses are so important and God can use them and the kingdom can come through them. But you know what? Often the answer to all the mental health problems and the anxiety and the depression is an encounter with Jesus. Peace, shalom, wholeness. And it says they were overjoyed. If there's one thing that our world needs right now, it's joy. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Then it's in his presence that he says, um, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. It's in the presence of Jesus that we find our purpose and our identity. And then he breathes on them. Friends, when Jesus is in the midst, he breathes the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then he shows them his hands and his feet. He shows them the cross. He shows them the sacrifice. It's salvation, it's grace, it's mercy, it's the love of God. Condemnation goes, shame goes, guilt goes, sinners get saved. People repent. People get set free in the presence of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God, we we want to bless all the activities that will be in this place. You know, I didn't mention you know CMA, all the debt counseling and the youth stuff and the all kinds of stuff. But we want this place not just a place of activity, but it be a place where the glory of God is established. We want to see. Jesus do impossible things we want to see the peace of God touch people's lives we want to see people filled with the joy of the Lord we want people to find their purpose and identity we want the Holy Spirit to breathe upon people and we want people to find salvation as they look upon the lamb that was slain Amen? amen who's up for that this morning who's up for Healing this morning. The presence of God this morning. People being touched and changed by the presence of God. Right here. Right now. Amen. Just want to give you two more scriptures. This one um, is actually the New King James Version. Romans 1. The Apostle Paul says this. I long to see you. That I may impart to you. Some spiritual gift. So that you may be Established. Listen, Paul says, When I come to Rome, and I don't know how Paul did it, whether it was through laying on of hands, whether it was through the preaching of the word, whether it was just through him being there, he said, When I come, you are gonna um you, a spiritual gift is gonna be imparted in your life. Or or to kind of put it in kind of you know more simple kind of language, you're going to have a supernatural encounter with God that's going to change you forever. And he says that is how you are going to be established in the faith, through actually having an encounter with God. Now listen, I, you know, I've, I've often heard it said as, um, as kind of being brought up in church, you know, um, we don't live by our experiences kind of we live by our word, we live by the word. Now listen, that would be true if God wasn't a person. Who knows, you don't get to know a person just by reading facts about them. You get to know a person through experiences and encounters, amen? So obviously the word of God must be the foundation. But what, what really establishes us in our faith is not just reading the word, but it's encountering the God of the word. Because who knows, people can argue you out of your doctrine. But they can't argue you out of your encounter. You know, people might come and you might have a particular belief about, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff, and obviously not the fundamental truth, so hopefully you won't be shaken out of that, but stuff that we can believe, the stuff I believe, and then suddenly someone much more clever than I will come, and I'll think, oh, actually, yeah, I'd, I'd not read that before. I didn't understand like that. But you know what? No one can deny. No one can talk me out of it. I know when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I know when I was healed. I know when I encountered the presence of God. And it's those encounters, you cannot shake me out of that. No one can convince me that God isn't real, that Jesus isn't alive, that the Holy Spirit isn't moving today, that God doesn't still heal and provide and deliver. Why? Because I've seen it. I've experienced it. And that's why we need these encounters with God to keep establishing us in the faith. Amen. And, and final, final scripture is um, Psalm 102 verse 28. It says, The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. Amen. You know what? When we talk about encounters with God, this isn't just for the adults. We need our children to have encounters with Jesus. We need our children to encounter the presence of God. You know, when I chatted with um, David and Gillian about helping us kind of with Revival Kids, the first, the first thing they said was, you know, we're not a babysitting service. We want our children to encounter God. And I was like, Amen. That's what we want. And who knows, you know, our kids, I'll say this now before, you know, they're coming because I won't embarrass them. But, you know, I've had Judah kind of struggle to get to sleep at night, kind of really upset, nightmares, all kinds of stuff. You know, because they've kind of taught them about climate change at school. And it's like, oh, you know, the world's going to, you know, burn up in the next five years and all this kind of thing. And listen, obviously, we, we want to take care of the environment. But can you imagine, you know, terrifying an eight-year-old boy um, because, you know, um, so he can't get to sleep. Friends, our kids need Jesus. They need the presence of God. They need an encounter with God. And that's why I said in a moment... We're going to pray this morning, and we want to lay hands on people this morning, and pray that people would encounter God. But I said to Jillian, "Look, you know, let's not keep the kids out there while God's moving. Let's bring the kids in, and and we're not going to get them out the front because that freaks them out a little bit. But um, so if if we want your kids to stamp with you, if that's all right, as a parent, and we want to pray with you as families, and we want to pray that God would move and touch." your lives and your family this morning, amen? amen? So why don't we stand together if the, if the worship team can come. James, could you go and tell them that we're ready? Come on, why don't you just raise your hands right now in the presence of God? And why don't we just ask the Holy Spirit right now just to come and touch us this morning? Come on, if you've got a tongue, just begin to pray in tongues right now.